everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Uh, driving in heavy traffic because there's so many people that I, I guess are just reminiscing coming back in and not realizing that lights are changing or that students are walking across the street or, or anything like that. But but we're here safe and sound. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, coming to you from the Sky Bar Cafe. Bill and Dan, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, the, we'll give you all the details on that. First, let's take care of a little business. The uh, first hour of the drive, as always, brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They're also the sponsor of our hotline, and that's how you can get through. And uh, the number, um, actually, you could go. we could go a little bit louder. Um, the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. So uh, on this warm, but I mean, it's, it's the way football weather is here on the eve of college football here in Auburn. Uh, we, we welcome you in. Uh, give us a call. We'd love your thoughts on, man, what a fun night last night to kick off the first full weekend of college football. And you know what? It was it was such a crazy night in college football that today the college football board of managers decided four is not enough for the playoffs. Not with the craziness we saw last night. The playoffs are expanding to 12. We'll, uh, we'll go into that and more as we continue this afternoon. Want to let you know David Pascal from the Chattanooga Times Free Press and uh, uh, ESPN Chattanooga will be joining us at the 5 o'clock, uh, at the start of the 5 o'clock hour. So, man, there's a lot to go, lot to talk about. Obviously, the uh, the season opener tomorrow for Auburn, uh, some, some wild games last night, the playoffs expanding. But but being here at Skybar, man, uh, is great, Dan. It, and it fe- it feels like a game day, right? It feels like a game day weekend. It's great to be back here downtown, especially after the last few years. You've had disruptions to the oh, usual yeah. game day routine, and it does feel like we've got a you know an all systems go uh, football season ahead of us here in the Auburn Opelika area. We're thrilled to be here at Skybar. They're going to be open all weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night with Labor Day on Monday, so you can come by U.S. Band tonight. They're going to have Christian and Connor on the main stage, Ty Reynolds and uh, July Turner tomorrow. Uh, DJ Ben Brood, who listens to the show. We got we got a listener in, in DJ Ben Brood. Who, uh, it's always good to know that we have a listener. Who you can always, who, who's going to be, he, well, he's he's also got a job at Jordanaire Stadium as the as the designated uh, in-house uh, uh, DJ from time to time. So Ben's, right. you know, Ben's somebody who's got a lot going on, but he's uh, he's somebody that, that yeah, he, he does a great job here at Skybar as well. And if you're, if you're looking for somewhere to watch the game or... Hang out before or after the game tomorrow. Uh, Sky Bar is a uh, is a perfect place downtown. It's a uh, a trip to Auburn. Not not quite not quite finished without a uh, without a pop in uh, to Sky Bar Cafe. And yeah, we're thrilled uh, to be here. And it's also presented by our friends at Bud Light Next. So a uh, yeah, Bud Light Next and Sky Bar presenting our uh, Friday tailgate shows before a couple of Auburn home games this year. Big shout out to our uh, our sponsors. As, as I said, I mean, a, a fun night last night in college football, and uh, a, a, I'm, I'm sure a fun weekend coming up. We'll get into that. But, again, we welcome your calls, 334-321-1390, and let's go ahead and get to the phone because Bill is already hanging on. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. Dan, I, tell me it's not, not true. You're giving the show up. So, so, so Bill, uh, I've got... <laughs> 
I'm so proud of the first five years of After the Game. It started as an idea that was pretty far-fetched before the, the 2017 season. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, good memories and a lot of great fun doing the show. And I'm really proud some of the episodes we've done. I'm, a lot of my game days are going to be tough in October and November. And I didn't want you know, to pull the rug out from anybody and promise that I'd be there on After the Game all season and then just peace out after after the LSU game or something. So I thought, you know, it would be and and we're still happy to be in business with Skybar. You know, we're we're here right right now as a matter of fact as our uh, you know, they're, they're sponsoring the Friday show here here on location a couple of times this season, but but no, I I've, I've decided to pass the torch to uh to to a new generation of of ATG and and I'm sure they're going to do great. The the whole gang is is very very capable. Uh but I, yeah, I'm just I, I and I, you know what? I might pop in Every now and there's no ban on on uh, on, on Dan Peck's no, your phone will probably work. And I'll I don't be, know. I and mean, I'll be in the I'll be able to go to the games now, and, you know, and, and be in the press well, box. Well, un- until he gets banned. That's right. You know, so box. give it two weeks. But but I would uh, no, I might call in uh, to to the new incarnation of after the game. I'm really excited to hear what those guys do with it. Uh, but no, I'm just I've got I've got some October and November scheduling conflicts that made it tough for me to do it this year. Yeah, we did a great job with it. I, I followed it from. Or since you started, it was um, it was it was a lot of fun. You were always knowledgeable, and you navigated the uh, cast of characters that called in uh, real well. And uh, I, you know, it's uh, it's going to be missed, but I'm sure new guys will. will, will I'll, I'll tune in, see what they got. Uh, Absolutely, please give the new guys a shot. I really encourage everyone to do so because I think they're going to do a great job with it. And uh, and like I said, we're. Uh, you know, and it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been possible. The first five years of the show wouldn't have been possible without Skybar. And so I'm I'm thrilled that you know we're still in business with these guys, and and we're uh, and and we're we're here on Fridays uh, doing the uh, doing the Friday tailgate instead. Okay, well, uh, I thought uh, Penn State uh, dodged a bullet last night. Uh, Golly, Purdue. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that he can you can uh, choke much harder Cold. than Purdue did that last. Is... Man, game clock management. Uh, not going to go down as a strength yeah. on the resume of Jeff Brown. Yeah, that, that's the kind of loss that, I mean. That's awful. I mean. It's awful. The end of the first half, they lost the game right. there, and Penn, then they had it won again. Penn State probably has more talent, um, maybe. Oh, Penn but, State has more yeah, talent. Yeah, Penn State's got more talent, but I mean, but even even so, this is the kind of loss where you can lay some blame at the decisions of the head coach where he had a chance to beat a team despite having inferior talent. And maybe, maybe let it slip through his fingers. Uh, maybe you're, you're, being being really, nice? you're being really yeah. kind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. He didn't. He, maybe he, they folded like Superman doing laundry last yeah, night, right. and and a lot of it should be laid at the feet of head coach Jeff Brom. That's better. I got. Enjoy the show, and uh, Bill, you you got you, you're gonna make an appearance at Sky Bar uh, maybe nine thirty, ten o'clock one night, and uh, and do do the, do the PM uh, after after game show. Uh, it's, it's more more likely the phone might ring. Be well, yeah, no, Bill, Bill and I are going to DJ a '70s classic rock. Uh, that's, we're, that's we got a, a '70s classic rock yeah. playlist after one that's of these right. games for homecoming. Yeah, you guys will be great. Yeah. Warrior guys, appreciate it, Bill. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, a lot, lot of Steely Dan. All right. on the- so, yeah, <laughs> and not if I. No, I mean, I don't mind it, but not a lot. Not a lot. All right. Uh, no, I to the to the Penn State Purdue game. Yeah, I mean Purdue had more than an opportunity or two. I mean, the, um, the, 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 the terrible uh, allowing a 67, what did it, a 67-yard yeah. touchdown pass at the end of the first half, 
and then being able to battle back. And when you've got the lead, you get the ball with the lead with six and a half minutes to go. They didn't. They didn't force Penn State to use one timeout because they threw almost every single down. Bill, I don't think. I think you're being too. I don't think it was six and a half. I think it was four and a half. Penn State punts. Well, they got it, but they had it with six and a half with the lead. Didn't do anything. Only ran a minute and twenty off the clock. Punted. Held Penn State. Got it back. And then once again, couldn't run any time off the clock. The whole. Yeah. The the whole. I mean, at the, if, the I mean, if just if just with six and a half. They run the ball three times. They're going to run another two minutes off the clock. Yeah, Penn State, for, for those of you who don't know, Penn State wins 35-31. They come from behind to do it again with eight lead changes, I yep. believe, over the course. Seven or eight. I right. mean, it just, just a uh, – and, and Penn State with the go-ahead touchdown uh, with, uh, with, with less than a minute left in the game, 35-31. Uh, Charlie Jones, who we talked about during the offseason. That was right. the Iowa receiver who yeah, had, had Auburn had in his big, top, big night top two or three. Yeah, he had, a, he had a big first game as a Purdue Boilermaker. Right. Uh, but it was it wasn't enough as Penn State is able to win the game. But what we were, what was the the punt was with Penn State punts the ball. Penn State punted it back with like four and under, a half under five. Four right? and a half. Four, four, yeah, they 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 failed to convert a third and ten at their own twenty seven. Four forty one left in the game. Punt the football away. I mean, at that point, that's a drive where you think Purdue's got a chance. You've got to run the clock. But look back, look back a possession. Yeah, that's the look three of them. Because because Purdue had the ball on the possession before, if I'm not mistaken, it was right at around six and a half. It was. And, they start they start how, the drive before six and a half. And, and what was it when they punted? It was exactly. It was just under five. It was. Yeah. It was yeah, so I mean, they ran ninety seconds and, and all with the lead. And that's with a first down on yes. a pass interference, giving them an extra first down to run to run some more clock. So, right. so if they had just run the ball on the other plays, Penn State doesn't have time at the end of the and, game. And I, I sort of understand the argument, too, that O'Connell is the best player on the Purdue offense. You want to have it in his hands. But they'd been able to run the yeah, ball. Yeah, I mean, King DeRue had had some nice runs. Yeah. There had been, I, I don't know, it was a, it's it, one it, that it I was think. It awful for, for Purdue fans. I think Purdue, yeah, th this is one that you feel like you gave away if, if you're Purdue. And if you're Penn State. You know what? It's great. You, you went in, you got to win on you, the road. That, that is a bullet dodge. Yep. And it would have been an ugly, I mean, a, a road. And it doesn't matter now. I nope. mean, people that say, oh, Auburn's going to roll them because of the way they don't worry about the way teams played. It's just, do they win when they have an op? You know, if there's if there's a chance they could lose, if they win, that's all that matters because this can do nothing but help Penn State. I can, uh, I'm telling you what, I was wondering if they should go back to Clifford as much as he struggled when you saw the arm of the uh, the freshman. Now they're, they, they're saying it was medical. They're saying that Clifford was out of the game right. for medical and not performance I reasons. I understand. I wonder how many times he can struggle with a guy like that, having shown uh -huh. a little bit of a promise on the bench. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. You want to get to John sure, before we take our, our first break? John, what's up? Hey, guys. Enjoy the show. I'll be quick because I know you may be about to go to break. I was just curious. I don't know if this is anything you guys can find out or not, but I understand tonight at the Jay Gooch Performing Arts uh, Center in Auburn, they're supposed to have the premiere of a documentary on Pat Dye. And I'm wondering if you're not able to make it in Auburn, is there any way at some point that that's actually going to be released? That's just a heads up to anyone coming to town. And secondarily, I don't know if you guys have touched on this, but I know they expanded the playoffs today. They're talking about it to 12 teams. My yes. question for Auburn's next athletic director would be, at what point do we move the postseason to on campus where it belongs? Um, I'd love your guys' thoughts on that. Get it out of the bowl system and let's play these games on campus. That's all I've got, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. 
Good, yeah, good stuff, John. Now, the current model, I know they have to decide a, a couple of different things other than just the number of teams. Uh, but my understanding is that the, the one thing there was sort of a consensus on was in a 12-team playoff model, you would have the first round, 5 through 12, playing the, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the round that would get you from 12 teams to 8 teams. Those four games Those would, be played on would, would be hosted by, by the higher-seeded right, teams. so seeds 5 through 8... Would, would host 12, 11, 10, and 9. But then I believe the plan would be to move them to right. travel-friendly big cities and NFL stadiums and places where, I, you know, I, I, I think there's... I don't know what kind of desire there is from the decision-makers in college football to move... And you can, you can tell me if I'm wrong, Bill. I don't know what kind of desire there is in college football to move the biggest games No, no there's too on, much on money campus. and too much... Uh, you know, um, I think that's what John's talking about. Right. Uh, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen because of the money and the relationships and the the history between the big bowls. Now the, the now major bowls. Postseason now playoff games on campus could be could be a reality soon. Sure. But all could be, in, could be in two years. But but all of the playoff games being played on campus, I think, feels feels like. I don't think I don't, it's gonna I don't think we're moving in that direction and, and it's unfortunately I think it's largely an economic thing it is but the uh, another thing that is a, a factor in this is um, Ohio State hosting a home game in December right or January I, I don't know I mean I know that's a home field advantage but I don't even know that the Ohio State fans are going to be as thrilled about that as going to a warmer climate. Yeah, I think there are there are football purists that would say, you know, the frozen tundra of yeah. Lambo and and all that stuff. I I don't know if, yeah, I I get there. I think there's it's not an accident that they're not playing January games right now in the snow and the sleet and the hail of places with really brutal winters. And if they play them in those cities, they play them in domes. So I I, I don't know if there's a push to move them away from those game to move those games away from those stadiums or like you said there could be I mean you can make it a safety issue if you want you know to play play those games you know outdoors in some of those some of those playoff contenders Madison Wisconsin second week of January something like that now as to the uh, uh, as to the premiere tonight mighty the life and legacy of Pat Dye uh, yes that will be the world premiere will be tonight at the uh, Gouge Performing Arts Center and uh, it's free, but you have to have a ticket. If there are any left, you can uh, contact the um, the box office uh, at 844-TIXS. should be able to go online uh, to it's aub.ie slash mighty-die uh, to, to check and see if there are any tickets left for that this evening. And my understanding is, yes, it will, uh, it will then be... Uh, I believe it's moving to ESPN. I believe it's going to be like a um, one of their premier presentations, you know, a thirty for thirty type thing. There's some cool stuff coming to the Goosh in um, in. Oh, let's uh, turn my mic up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I think I think you're I think it's a little far from your. Uh, it's yeah. And then there okay. there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of these where you can't tell if it's there. Uh, there you, know you go. There had you the go. had the backside. Tell you what, let's get let's get the break and fix it. Yeah, we'll do that. Well, yeah, we will. Hour number one of the drive, uh, continuing here. We'd love for you to join in, uh, 334-321-1390. Uh, we'll get to our first break just underway here on the Friday Drive from Skybar Cafe. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The drive.
Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in Friday edition of The Drive. Bill and Dan coming to you from Skybar Cafe as we will a few times here through the season. Looking forward to it. It is the eve of the football season for Auburn. Mercer coming in tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of folks very interested in, you know, what are they going to see? What's it going to look like? Uh, How will T.J. Finley perform? What's the offensive line going to look like? Will the Mercer offensive put 63 points on the board uh, be able to cause some problems for Auburn? So, I mean, there are a few interesting things there. There are quite a few interesting ball games going on tomorrow as well. Um, You know, we talked a little bit about the Penn State-Purdue game. What a what a great backyard brawl for the first time in eleven years, man. Those teams played like yeah, they hadn't played each other in a long time, and they and it was you talk about back and forth as well in that ball game. Yeah, and JT Daniels who had played uh, an up and down football game, but but he showcased the strong arm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, oh man, he was inches away. If that yeah. pass is two inches higher. Then they've got first and goal to try to tie or perhaps go for two and win the game. Well, what about the interception return, too? I mean, that's, oh, a, yeah. that's a pass that goes off the hands and face mask of a wide receiver, shoots into the air, Pitt runs it back for the game-winning pick six. So, I mean, it's a uh, it's a heartbreaker for West Virginia. It looked like they were going to be able to go on the road and beat the reigning ACC champion to start the 2022 season. Well, you know, would have been great for, for yeah, Neil. one of Desmond Howard's uh, four playoff teams. Yeah, I mean, and, and for Neil Brown... <laughs> you know, not a guy we talk about as much as a hot seat fella. I feel like if Neil Brown oh, it's, throws it's, a, it's warm. He throws a it's five warm. and seven or a six yeah. and six up this year. We think Neil, you know, we at least I don't want to speak for you. I think guys. a lot of Neil Brown, yeah. but I mean, West Virginia fans are getting a little itchy. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a guy who ready had a, to burn some couches. Had a had a great had a great tenure at Troy. Uh, I think a lot was expected of Neil Brown when he made the jump to a Power Five program. Hasn't been smooth sailing at West Virginia and. A disappointing loss. I think a couple of guys last mm-hmm. night, it wasn't just that they opened the season with a loss. How it happened, damaging to, to their tenure. Jeff Brom and, and, and JT and, uh, and, and Neil Brown at West Virginia. Yeah, I would say, and uh, I, I watched more of the Penn State-Purdue game than Same I here, did yeah. the West Virginia. I mean, uh, but there, there were some uh, decisions that, that a lot of folks are questioning today by Neil in that ball game. And, of course, yeah, they get questioned when you lose a close ball game. Uh Two SC, the three SEC teams that have played have put up a lot of points so far, haven't they? Last night, I think there were quite a few folks, I think, that felt Ball State might uh, give Missouri uh, some some problems. I was among them, and, and Missouri got it rolling last night. Oh, Louisiana Tech. And, and my bad, yeah, my, my bad. Ball State was Ball State was the uh, the the slaughter, the, the lamb at the slaughter for uh, Tennessee. That's right, jo- Josh Heupel. You know, Ooh. felt like felt like some of those Oklahoma games when he was the quarterback, Man. right? I mean, they they just I, they could have scored a hundred points yeah. last night. They're, they're, I think they might be the second best team in the East. Bill. Well, their offense, their offense is really really good. We'll find out when they play another really good offense. Yeah, but they're going to score some points, and I think they'll score on just about anybody. I mean, I just you know you look at Kentucky and Florida. I, I you know we'll see how much better they are than, than, than Tennessee. Well, uh, this year nobody nobody else is as explosive as Tennessee in that in that division. D- didn't watch to, full disclosure. Didn't watch any of Missouri. I, I know they're, I on, they're, they're on Auburn's, they're on Auburn's schedule. I might watch highlights or something. I know it was uh, I know. It was uh, 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 is it Brady Cook 
the, the, the I think it's Brady Cook, the sophomore. He finished last year uh, in in the rotation, mm-hmm. and and now he's the starter at uh, Missouri. And uh, that's a uh, that's a game Auburn's gonna you know Auburn's gonna see that team in, in just a couple of weeks. That's the the conference opener, uh, right. for, for both teams. Uh, just a week after Pesca. game four. That's right. Missouri's first ever visit. I informed Eli Drinkwitz at Media Days. He mentioned it in the. He answer. didn't know that. He he had, he was unaware that it was wow. Missouri's first ever trip to Auburn. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, he was, uh, I mean, he's, he's excited. He's got pals in the, uh, in the area. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of them are in Orlando now. Uh, he's got, uh, he, but he's uh, still, yeah, there's still, there's still folks that, that he met that haven't moved. And that's, you know what? I'm rooting for him. You know, he's a li- likable guy. Hope, uh, hope it goes well in game four. No. Oh, okay. Not you made it sound like, oh yeah, no, he's got some pals season. here in the air and I'm rooting for him. Not all season long. No, our fans are going to love that. No, just in general. I, root, oh, okay. I find myself rooting no, I, for Eli, I like the guy too. Rooting no for Eli Drinkwitz to succeed. Uh, but you know what? He won last night. Another coach that probably needs to start showing results right. by the end of, of this season. 52 points in a 28-point uh, win over the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Yeah, so the, the so thus far the challenge is you need to score 50 and put up 500 yards because everybody in the SEC has done that so far, right? Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> some of it. Competition matters a little. It does. Level, it's level still. Of, it's still. It's I like, mean, okay, your serve. All right, you're up next. Florida's got a team that was, you know. If Florida puts up 50 points and over 500 yards, yeah. uh-oh, then, then we might revisit who's the second best team in the East. Yeah, Florida's got, Florida's got the reigning Pac-12 champion coming to town, a team that gave Ohio State as close a game or, or one of the closer games they played all season long. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what, what, what happens tomorrow with some of the bigger spots in the, uh, in the, in the conference. But, uh, no, it's, it's been the results thus far for the three teams in the SEC have been, uh, have, have uh, been, they have to enjoy their returns thus far. Yeah, um, we're approaching our bottom of the hour break. Again, a reminder, David Pascal, who's usually yeah. with us on Thursdays, will be joining us uh, at the start of the 5 o'clock hour. He had 7th grade. His son had a 7th grade game last night, so he'll be on right after his show ends in uh, Chattanooga. We'll talk to Pascal about a lot of the big games in the SEC tomorrow, including the Georgia Bulldogs right. hosting the Oregon Ducks. I would imagine, yeah, I imagine he's got that game. And and we imagine that Bo Nix will be your starting quarterback. I would I be surprised think. if he's not. Don't I haven't heard anything to indicate that, that he's not. I think that uh, uh, Dan Lanning just wants to keep it under wraps and Kirby, Kirby acted a little uh, just bothered by that question, saying, ah, I know who the quarterback is, and we're ready for it. Yeah, from former Auburn quarterback Bo Nix, presumably the starter at Oregon. They'll face the Georgia Bulldogs tomorrow, that game. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk We'll talk with David Pasco about that. What, what are your thoughts? I know you talked about it a little bit in the Max Roundtable. Georgia, I mean, Georgia wins. I think Oregon, um, I think Oregon makes it interesting uh, and, and keeps, uh, keeps it under the number. Sure, you know, I, I think if Oregon can... With uh, with the players that Georgia has to replace defensively, mm-hmm. if Oregon can show a spark offensively early, you would think that's you know it puts Georgia. Oh, if they don't early, oh, if Georgia gets yeah. up on them early, then no, they won't keep yeah. it. And then then, then, then Bo Nix is thinking, here we go again. You know, another yeah. another game against Georgia. It's gonna not, a lot not, of it's gonna be on Bo. Not not go the way he wanted it to. Yeah, it's another opportunity for him to uh, uh, to finally get a win on the board against a team that has had his number thus far as a college football mm-hmm. quarterback. All right. Uh, again, we're approaching the bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Give us your thoughts uh, on on what you expect to see tomorrow, what you would like to see. What are you looking for tomorrow? I mean, uh, you know, don't just say, yeah, you know, you're, you're looking for a win or something like that. But, I mean, what specifically uh, in, intrigues you the most? Obviously, you know, I expect to hear a lot of offensive line and T.J. Finley, but 
What about some of the other guys, some of the uh, the newer faces, the younger players? Come on in and join us. We'll step aside for our bottom of the hour break here on the Friday Drive from Skybar Cafe. and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan coming to you from Sky Bar Cafe, and uh, we'd love for you to join in now Unfortunately, they're not open. So, I mean, it sounds like I'm inviting you in, but they're not open yet. Yeah, that's right. Six o'clock doors uh, tonight, and, and they'll be open all weekend long. Great place to watch tomorrow's Auburn-Mercer game tomorrow night if you're, if you're not going to Jordan-Hare. Or if you decide uh, to, uh, to to leave uh, a little bit before the final whistle, as, as fans have been known yeah, to do. Yeah, hopefully the game is decided before the, the final the final whistle. Sky Bar, a, a spot you'll, you'll, uh, you'll see a lot of, uh, of Auburn fans. Uh, coming out, you've got uh, U.S. Band tonight. Ty Reynolds tomorrow. They'll be open with karaoke and uh, and DJ Ben Brood on Sunday night as well. So uh, so yeah, come on by uh, uh, come on by Skybar this weekend. If you're looking for something to do in the in the Auburn area, as we expect. I imagine a lot of folks out and about this weekend, right? Oh, I mean, there are a lot of folks out and about right what, now. What's the weather? What's the weather situation, Billy? Uh, it's a fifty-fifty. Last time I looked, okay. about a fifty-fifty chance of rain anytime. Throughout the weekend. I'll tell you what, though, I would it's not going to be quite as hot, though. If I could flip a switch right now and get rid of all the clouds and make this, a, you know what I mean? Like we'd be, I mean, we, we'd we'd be exposed to the uh, we'd be exposed to the elements yeah, here. Maybe little, it'd be a little little hotter. Yeah, than I, I, would I think like. a little cloud cover is okay. A nice little breeze going. It's a uh, it's a nice afternoon here on uh, here in downtown Auburn. Oh no, no question about it. We had someone mention the uh, the, the college football playoff expansion. Yep. We haven't, haven't talked about that. Too well, much today. we were talking a little yesterday that it was expected to be approved today that the playoffs will move to twelve. Right now, it is on tap at the end of the current um, playoff contract, which would be twenty twenty six. But there is a possibility, as we were saying yesterday, it could be in effect. After the 2024 season, and Thamel's got a uh, you know there's an ESPN story. He's also got a bullet point, uh, you know the, the 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 need to know about the expanded college football playoff. We don't uh-huh. know right right now. It's 2026. It could, like you said, could move a little bit earlier than that. This is interesting, Bill. Uh, we had somebody asking about uh, campus hosting uh, on campus sites mm-hmm. hosting the yeah, first John, round. John was uh, you know interested in that. Would like to see that now. The uh, the four highest ranked conference champions will be seated one through four. Each team will receive a first round bye. The other eight teams will play in the first round with the higher seeds hosting the lower seeds, either on campus or at other sites designated by the higher seeded institution. Okay, so, so if, if a team, if a school doesn't feel they they can host for whatever reason, then they could opt for another location that. That would agree for, to, to host. For example, 
if Georgia State or Georgia Southern had a Cinderella season and wanted to be in the college football playoff, if they wanted to, they could play their game maybe in maybe in an NFL stadium like in, in the Mercedes-Benz instead of on campus. Yeah, I'm trying if to think of something that's, to, more, that's actually more likely than that. Maybe um, Georgia Tech? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, would it be, would, would, would Georgia Tech want to play? Cincinnati? Yeah, would, would they want to play in the NFL stadium instead yeah, of in their home? You yeah. know, I mean, something. Is, or if there were a conflict or a reason that the stadium wouldn't be, you know, as as if it, amenable okay. to, if, to hosting. I don't Troy know. If Troy went 13-0 and and was one of the top eight teams, right. would they want to play him at a, a different State of Alabama foot, football stadium. Yeah, again, I'm I'm trying to figure exactly what that scenario would be. I'm thinking it it might be more more likely, um, say uh, Ohio State doesn't make it, Michigan doesn't make it. All right, Michigan uh, or Michigan uh, Michigan makes it, but the weather is just expected to be nothing but blizzards. So they dome. want to play inside. Okay, maybe. I mean, I, know, I'm, something, I'm trying to I think wonder of if why. It's, I just think it's But I guess you've got to have that possibility there in case. I would think 99% yeah. of the time, the higher seeds are going to say, bring it on, let's play at our place. Yeah, maybe if your stadium is unavailable for another reason, too, yeah. you could have a scheduling conflict. Pittsburgh shares a stadium with the Steelers. You know, maybe their stadium would right. be un- maybe the stadium would be unavailable. Or, or you, day. or you had, or you, or perhaps you're having work done on the stadium, and you know everything wouldn't allow for it to be as full as you would like. Sell as many tickets but, you would like. But it know. is, it is the you know the model the model that's been approved is six conference champions, uh, then the six highest ranked teams, not included among the six conference champions. They're keeping the selection committee. Uh, they're going to rank the four highest-ranked conference champions, one through four. Every, uh, th- those are the four teams that will get a first-round bye. The other eight teams will play in the first round, like we said. The model allows for first-round games to be played on either the second or third weekend in December in a way that accommodates the format and participating teams. At least 12 days will go between conference championship games right. Saturday. That's why it could be the third week, depending on when conference championship games are. And you know, sometimes conference ch- championship games are around the first or second. Other times, they're closer to the tenth. The four quarterfinals, two playoff semifinal games will be played in bowls. Right, uh, as, as they are now. in a On a rotating basis, a neutral site national championship uh, site will be uh, selected uh, every year, as, as is the policy right now uh that they got to work out uh i think they got to work out the bowl you know which which conference champions go to which bowls as part of like one through four you know i I think i think there's still a I'll, i'll read i'll read from the announcement subject to reaching agreements with bowls the four highest ranked conference champions will be assigned to quarterfinal bowls on selection day in ranking order and in consideration of current contract bowl relationships if those bowls are selected for the rotation for example if the Pac-12 champion were ranked one, the Big Ten champion were ranked three, and the Rose Bowl were a quarterfinal site, the Pac-12 champion would be assigned the Rose Bowl. The Big Ten champion would be assigned a different bowl game. But let, let's suppose, because we've seen it very many times lately, let's suppose the Pac-12 champion is not in the top four. What is the, who goes to the Rose Bowl? The Big Ten? I think if the Big Ten were in, I think they would, they would give the Rose Bowl to the Big Ten champion in that regard. And, and, and how... And, and how how is that good for the Big Ten champ when other people are getting to play closer to home? I think because of the because of the history See, of the Rose Bowl. Again, right? I guess again, the, the the Rose Bowl thing 
bothers me a little bit. Just that that we have to, uh, you well, know, no, but we have to concede. We have to let the Rose Bowl have who they want, whether it's good or good for the teams or not. Well, keep in mind, Bill. One, L.A. is now a Big Ten city. Yeah. Two, two. Keep that in. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Mind. I'm just saying how thrilled Ohio State's going to be. Um, well, I mean, it is. I guess. I, well, where else is where else is is better for them? Though? Well, and it is, and it, you're probably not playing in the snow. You know that situation. Well, no, you're, you're not. No, you're, no, you're, 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 you're playing January first, and we, we've got we've got a a world. It's an it's a it's a it's a worldwide internet. It's an international story if it's yeah. snowing in it's, in L.A. It's maybe what killed the dinosaurs. Yeah. If we got if we got that situation in our hands, you know we, we got. Yeah, but anyway, okay. Place. So so I understand but they'll, they'll that. Keep some of the traditional. So the, bowl I mean, again, this, yeah. Sugar Bowl would get the SEC champ normally, and 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 so forth. Higher seeds receive preferential placement in the right. playoff semifinal games. Um, first round games will not have title or presenting sponsors. Existing venue signage will remain in place. The video boards will be controlled by the college football uh, playoff. In, in that okay, situation. so there's no signage and there's no sponsors, but the video boards are run by the playoff. Tid- yeah, title and presenting s- no, no no title or presenting sponsors on the first round games. I guess they're not they're not going to be. They're not. They're not going to have bowl game type. It's of, not of going to be because, the yeah. you know the Tostitos or the whatever That's, whatever yeah. sponsor the I mean whatever. That's the nitty. Yeah, the blockbuster. Right. It, it's not. Um. That 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 is the nitty gritty of of playoff expansion though, and and it does seem like 2026. If they don't decide, there's too much money on the table in the next couple of days and move that date up to 2024 or 2025. I think it will move up. I think it will move up. A lot of lot of um. Because then they got to figure out with those new playoff games who's going to broadcast them. I imagine there would be a bid. Does it say? All right, so it gives the the first round games would be at least twelve days after championship games. Is that what it says? That was that was their. That and was, then yes. how much time between that and the uh, semifinals? I don't believe that is designated. All in right. The, so well, when are the bowls? The bowls are usually around New Year's. Uh, the bowls are the quarterfinals. So they like the, the to. Bowl, yeah. So some, it's going to be somewhere around the first of the month, obviously, for conference championships, middle of the month yeah. for the first round games, New Year's or so for the semifinals, and then always it's always around the 10th. I, I think they're still like going to target New Year's Day yeah, for, the, for, the, so. for the quarterfinal matchups. And, and then, then, and then and it, it would still there. put it around the 10th or right. somewhere in between the 10th and 12th, something and like they, that. And they probably don't want Christmas or, or immediately before. Well, immediately it wouldn't after. be Christmas. I mean,. Right. Uh, because if if you're going to go 12 days after conference championships, that gives you plenty of time. So that gets you in before the 18th. The, the teams playing on New Year's the, the teams playing on New Year's Day would reconvene shortly after Christmas, right? And get ready to go play their 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 playoff games. Yeah, I mean they'd be able to have played. If you have to play in a first round game, you've got that done before the 20th, and then you've got until New Year's or. Or thereabouts. Yeah, you're probably playing New Year's Day or so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with, with with those playoff games. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll work. It's it's a lot of games for the two teams in the championship, it, it, but it, it works for other divisions. Why yeah. wouldn't it? I mean, I mean sure. Yeah. I mean, no, you you are asking the the two teams in the championship, especially if they come from that 17? first round. Is that yeah, seventeen? Yeah, it's, it's seventeen games, but over a long period of time. Yeah, and with with a lot of breaks in between. Um, and it's not like the entire industry is being asked to play seventeen games. It's it's two teams, and they're not going to want to opt out after sixteen games. If there's one more, if there's one more to be the champion, they'll want to play in it. Yeah, so that that is, I mean, as expected news uh, today from the uh, college football board of managers. I think we got Olin hanging on on the phone. Yeah, let's get to let's get to the phones. Hey, Olin. Hey, hey, you guys. Yeah, I was just listening to you. Um, Yeah, I, you know, it's very interesting. I think surely it'll work out okay. Uh, 
I think it'll work. Uh, seems to be enough time to to get the playoffs expanded. So anyhow, uh, that uh, looks like that that'll work. Uh, I just want to call out, and especially Dan, I'll tell you that uh, uh, obviously uh, he's uh, going with uh, Finley as a quarterback. As you well know, I had expressed earlier in the year that I had suggested another alternative. But uh, we're, we're here right before the game, and I just want you to know, like I hope all the fans are, that I am 1,000% behind the team and Finley. I hope he has a great game and great uh, season. And uh, uh, have nothing against the young man. I just hope he is the, and I'm sure he is the coach's uh, best choice right now. And so I look forward with an eager anticipation. And uh, uh, based on everything I've seen and heard, uh, they surely went through an exhaustive period of uh, you know of really trying to 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 convince themselves that they had the right person chosen. And I think, uh, based on everything I've heard, that, that they have at this point. So, you know, I just want to let you and the rest of the world know that, uh, hey, it's time to play football. And uh, everybody's in their positions now, and uh, I'm excited and uh, looking forward for us, uh, you know, getting this season started right. Oh, absolutely, Owen. I, I hope that's the attitude uh, that, that a lot of people. And again, not not to not to gloss over the way last season ended, and not to not to sugarcoat it, and not to um, not to suggest that there you know there isn't room for improvement at different spots on the team from the way last season ended. But I really hope people uh, give this season and and this team a fair shake, and especially. You know, we, we've seen quarterbacks bounce back from difficult starts to their careers, and you know, I, I get the feeling there's a lot more to the T.J. Finley story, and, and we'll see after the first few games of, of this year uh, where that story's headed. Yeah, we, I think we're there. I mean, I, uh, look, uh, he, his positives, he's got, he's got size, and that's a good positive, and he has a good arm, and if, uh, if, 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 if by working with him, they can improve that completion rate a little bit. It'll help. It will also help if the, and I haven't seen this yet, but the other side of that are the people that are receiving the ball. Hopefully they've got them getting in the yeah. right positions because I got a funny feeling over the last two or three years that one of our biggest problems is our receivers have not been in the right place at the right time, and that ends up with the balls not getting completed. I really think that happened uh, more than we would like to think. And so looking forward, I hope that uh, that, that, that unknown area uh, is improved. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we have a, a, a real uh, uh, receivers uh, coach and a receiver himself and Ike Hilliard uh, there because, uh, look, his reputation precedes him. And uh, I think that uh, he, he knows what it takes. And if he can impart that to his players, uh, it's going to make a ton of difference, I think. I think that's a great point, Olin. I, uh, at times in the past, all the blame has gone on the quarterback. And, and sure, there have been, there've been some bad passes. There have been some uh, badly missed passes. But uh, there have been drops, and there have also been you know, comments from, from Brian Harson about receivers running routes and knowing where to be. You also, if, if you're going to have a really good passing game, 
Receivers are going to have to make catches that aren't the easiest catches in the world either. You know, to pass on a little bit behind them or a little bit high or low or, you know, whatever. Good receivers are going to make those plays and going to help the quarterback's percentage go up. Granted, TJ was not the most accurate quarterback last year, but uh, you're right. He didn't, he didn't get helped at times. It'll be really interesting to see. I'll tell you something else TJ has is he has the team. I really feel he has this team now. He has been a leader he was a leader before he was a starter. I mean, the players really uh, respected TJ, but I think the work that he has put in and the effort that he has gone to to maintain that starting position is something that the players really appreciate. I with you, Bill, 100%. I really do. Well, listen, hey, guys, we got to go win a game. This, this game coming up, I don't look at it being such an easy game. Uh I, uh, I think Mercer can be pretty tough. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I don't I don't know what y'all are thinking about the scores and that kind of thing, but I don't see a big blowout here. Uh, I know one thing. I think our defense and our pass defense is going to find out, uh, you know, what they're made out of. Because, yeah, I think uh, the defense is going to uh, – they'll be tested to see if they can stay home, if they can not uh, – you know, that, that eye candy is something that Mercer really exactly. likes. They'll have somebody in motion all the time. They'll be faking plays one way and going the other way. So it's yep. going to be a test for Auburn to not get over-aggressive uh, because that's where Mercer could uh, Mercer could make you pay. Well, you know, uh, the uh, the fact is the, uh, their, their quarterback is a, is a senior – and he's had some darn good experience, and has uh, he's completed a lot of passes, and he's played against some big teams. So I mean, uh, it's not like uh, you come, you got some people coming in here with uh, just their eyes glazed over. These guys, uh, they, they what they do? They played Alabama last year. Yeah, they played and, Alabama uh, last year. Uh, they yep. they played Georgia in the past. They played Auburn yep. back in 2017 to, yep. to I a mean, game that was tight they, the I mean, they they know what the, they know what the big stage is about. So I mean I think it's a good opening game. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, that our pass rush is as strong as, as uh, a lot of people think it will be. Uh, if it is, it'll all be mute because they will they will snuff it before it ever gets opened up, and that's that's the way to stop a passing attack. Oh uh, yeah, the quarterback can't get the pass back. off, then, then you got a great pass defense. Yeah, right. Yeah, you guys have a good day and. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. All right, Olin, it's good hearing from you. You wonder, I think it's fair to wonder if Mercer's going to be able to hold up to a to a consistent Auburn rushing attack because of the size difference right. between the Mercer defense and the Auburn offense. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I think people who are looking for a shutout, I mean, it'd be great. Uh, but Mercer, Mercer's got Mercer's got some athletes, more of them on offense than defense. That's where you would think that Auburn should be able to wear them down. It's it's the question mark for Auburn, uh, the offense, but for Mercer, it's definitely their question mark is is on defense. And beyond T.J. Finley, I, I think that there might not be an offensive player who's going to be under more scrutiny this weekend than Tate Johnson. Right? I agree. Oh, I did see one note today. Notice uh, Mark Murphy in his notes, uh, or uh, one of the things he posted today was that Tate Johnson is 295 heading into the game tomorrow. For those people that feel like you know he's way too small to play SEC, 295 is not not tiny. We know, I think we know. people feel a lot more better. They feel a lot better about 295 than they do 285. That's our, that's our buddy Ben from, uh, from, from, from Oh yeah, it from, sure is. From IT right there on the phone. Welcome Ben. Back. He's probably solving an IT problem as he walks right now. Ben from IT doing a great job. Yeah. Right, he's, 
Ben Smith is too busy right now to turn and look at us. All right. Well, yeah, hey, all right. hey, Ben. Good, you know, appreciate the, yeah. uh, appreciate we'll, the work. We'll get did. to our final break. I know we're running a little behind. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Friday Drive from Skybar Cafe. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center and Building Supply. Russell Building Supply is Auburn's hometown home center. With top brands and an easy-to-use drive through lumberyard, we have what you need to get the job done. Russell Building Supply, East University Drive in Auburn. Become a Russell Rewardsman. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Dewitt Center and Building Supply. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Just about done with hour number one of The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Sun has come out. I have moved. Um, where I was sitting felt it was great when we came on the air. I started feeling like I was about to ignite, so I moved just a little bit. We're still here at Sky Bar Cafe. We will be here for another hour. Halfway done here on the Friday Drive. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. Stick with us. Sports capital of Alabama. This is the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome to hour number two of the Friday Drive, Bill and Dan, and we are on a, uh, well, we are at a special location. We are at Sky Bar Cafe, downtown Auburn, and uh, uh, we're going to be here a few times during the year. It's great to be back. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm almost looking at the, looking at my office from here. Yeah, familiar, ter- cool. familiar territory for you, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it's, it's uh uh, just, just. Well, I've, I've been in this place through quite a few yeah. different. We we talked about that the other day. The the the, the gone, name gone, the name of the back, front. Gone back through quite a few different uh, uh, lives. Yeah, we're we're, we're thrilled to be here though downtown uh, as uh, as part of the. Yeah, I mean that we're we're welcoming uh, the first. It's the first. That's right. It's one of the Auburn nights here downtown, ah. where you know you'll be able to. Uh, uh, park without worrying about uh, the, you know paying. Walk around, uh, go into your favorite establishments, and 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 hang out. And and obviously, Sky Bar is going to be opening at six o'clock. That's right. And and, and, and there's uh, you know all kinds of things going on here tonight. Got great entertainment from uh, U.S. Band tonight. Uh, I would imagine you'll be able to check out. There's some interesting. There's a, a Big Ten game tonight. Uh, Illinois Indiana tonight. Sean Shivers. 
a former Auburn running back, will be playing tonight. Yeah, looking forward to seeing Sean Shivers. If you decide to tune into the, uh, if you decide to tune into the the matchup between Indiana and Illinois, another Big Ten conference game, one of several. We had the the one in Ireland, the one last night between Penn State and uh, Purdue, and now you've got a another Big Ten game uh, on the first Friday night of the college football season. Colorado TCU, another Power Five that game is right. between a pair of teams uh, in the. Uh, Pac-12 and the Big 12 now, although they've both jumped a little bit. Yeah, no kidding. Tough the, keeping uh, up with who's where. I love, have, have you seen the, the new Dr. Pepper commercials? Did you see the Dr. Pepper commercial last night? I have not seen the night? new Dr. Pepper. The best Fan, one. Fansville? It is the best one they've Fansville? ever had. Okay, right. It's crazy just talking about how it's lunacy. Teams are going from here to there. Oh, it's it's great. Um, you know, not, They bring back Larry? Uh, no, I, don't, oh, I did guy. not see Larry in it last guy. night. But anyway, um, we've got we've got a lot to talk about, and we've got a special guest about to join us. So let's let you know once again. Hour number two of the drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we will get to your calls. After we get to a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And let's jump to the Kia of Auburn hotline and uh, welcome in our normally with us on Thursdays. But I believe um, uh, his son had a ball game last night. So he's uh, uh, doing us a big favor and joining us for a few minutes here on the Friday drive as we come to you from Sky Bar. And we welcome in David Pascal from the Chattanooga Times Pre-Press and uh, ESPN Chattanooga just wrapping up his show. David, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Actually, last night was being up in Knoxville, so I had to do a couple of call-ins oh, for my sense. show. That's right. So I'm, I'm a little sleep-deprived, but I'm already happy that I've got football IV'd in the veins already. And that was a pretty impressive show by Tennessee. They could have scored a lot more points if they'd really wanted last night. Yeah, that's uh, 38 to nothing at halftime. It's actually the largest halftime they've lead they've had over a FBS opponent since Vanderbilt back in 2003. So that's evoking Casey Clawson, which is going way back. So uh, yeah, they looked. They look. I thought they looked pretty sharp. They they took care of business. And and you know, I heard y'all talking about the games. Another real fantastic game last night was the backyard brawl mm. and that's who uh, that's who tennessee's got next and it's up in pittsburgh so uh great atmosphere in pittsburgh last night those two teams you know 75 miles apart can't stand each other it was their first game in 11 years so yeah to have that game and 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 then uh penn state purdue what a what a way to kind of throw you into the first full weekend yeah, and some of the finishes we got to see last night, too. I mean, it was just a reminder of how crazy fourth quarters can be in college football. Penn State, Purdue, uh, and and, uh, and the backyard brawl, uh, both both providing some really exciting moments in the uh, fourth quarter. Remains to be seen if we'll have any of that uh, with the SEC games tomorrow, David. We're, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about Georgia and Oregon as maybe the biggest matchup of the weekend involving an SEC team, Oregon, is uh, you know a, a dark horse playoff contender if they can win the Pac-12, and uh, Georgia, a consensus top three team according to just about everybody looking ahead to this season of college football, and also the defending national champions opening. Oh yeah, this, by the way, opening yeah. this season at Mercedes-Benz. I imagine a partisan Georgia crowd in attendance tomorrow for Oregon and Georgia. What are you expecting, David? 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to going down to that one. I'll be at that one. And, uh, yes, you're exactly right. It's it's not just Georgia that dominates. You know, the, the, the SEC's won 11 straight Chick-fil-A kickoff games. And, really, the the last one that SEC did win was that was Gene Chizik's last team that lost to Clemson. Uh, and, actually, one of the closer, better games that Auburn played that forgettable season. But uh, that was a pretty divided crowd. But, yes, usually the crowds are overwhelmingly – SEC, you know, it's it's Bo Nix getting his fourth crack at Georgia, and you think about how he's uh, only thrown one touchdown. He's been sacked nine times in his first three meetings against Georgia. I just, I think it's a thirty-four to thirteen Georgia kind of game. Like I've said before, I just think they've got a lot of young talent getting ready to step up and prove that they can uh, be, you know, that they won't miss a beat from from last year's. A generational defense. I know they're motivated by that. And, you know, you think about this weekend and usually you only have like one or two games tops that are intriguing, but yeah, with Florida, Utah and with Arkansas, Cincinnati and even LSU and Florida state, I think you've got, you know, in addition to Georgia, Oregon being a marquee game, I love the fact that you've got like four of these things to kind of, kind of whet the appetite. Yeah, uh, Florida, of course, is, uh, I mean, they're an underdog down there to Utah, the number seven team in the country. But that line seems to have, you know, been slowly slipping back and getting closer as the uh, as, as we get closer to kickoff. Yeah, and what a, what a monster win that would be for, for Napier out of the gate. I mean, I just think the way the wheels came off last year and, and, and just in this era of the portal where people just head out of town, you know, I think he's, He's got some time to try to build that thing right. And of course, they're sitting there about 10th in the national recruiting rankings. But, man, what an incredible statement it would be. Uh, I picked Utah to win the game. I just think you're talking about a team that's, you know, won the, won the Pac-12 and has a lot of that talent returning. Um, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if Florida won. And, again, what a, what a way to come out of the gate if your first win's over the Pac-10 or Pac-12 champ. If Florida we're able to pull that off. Uh, what other SEC team do you see um, as a possibility of dropping their opener? You know, I, it's one of these, you hate to pigeonhole yourself in this, but I, I kind of like Cincinnati and the points, even though I like Arkansas to win the game, which kind of puts you in like a little six-point window or whatever. Um, I just think that Cincinnati is such a well-coached team um, yes, Desmond Ritter's kind of one of those quarterbacks that comes along for those programs every 10 or 15 years and is like really good. But, uh, I just, you know, I think Traylon Burks will be hard for Arkansas to replace right out of the gate. Um, but they've got Matt Landers, the former Georgia receiver, who's going to be one of those candidates, uh, to try to do that. I just, I think that's a, a really good game and, and it would not shock me. And it's, and I'm, again, I'm praising Luke Fickle and the job he's done. It would not shock me if Cincinnati won. Like I said, I'm picking Arkansas, but I I like Cincinnati in the points, and so therefore that would be one to answer your question. I would not be shocked. And then just kind of the weirdness of LSU-FSU, the fact that FSU does have a game under its belt. Um, and, you know, that's what's so weird about all this stuff when, when you're talking about Florida and LSU and even Auburn to a degree when we last left these teams, they were – you know, depleted, not looking very good in their bowl games, and winding up six and seven. Yeah, and Florida State's going to take Jordan Travis to uh, to New Orleans as their quarterback, at least based on how he played against Duquesne uh, over the weekend. That's a guy who 
I, I believe he got to campus in, in 2018. You know, he, he's been around a while at, at Florida State as maybe the, the solution at quarterback. It's strange to me that LSU is just a three-point favorite in New Orleans yeah. against a team that struggled the way Florida State has struggled in the last few years. And usually in those situations, an upset's not, an upset's not off the table at all, David. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. I, I, why is that? Why is that line stayed the way it has? And 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 I guess they're just kind of buying into because um, usually LSU commands a lot of respect and attention on those Vegas lines. But you're basically since that uh, just incredible team of nineteen, they they've been a five hundred football program. By the way, I mean we don't talk about Florida State all that much on, on the show because of what's happened over the last few years. This is. Uh, they play LSU and then their conference schedule and then Louisiana and Florida. That's their schedule the, the, the rest of the season. They've got mm-hmm. ACC games starting uh, next Friday night when they host uh, or when they go to Louisville. Uh, but, but Florida State, yeah, this kicks off a run of 11 straight, well, 10, 10 Power 5 opponents and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, one of the top programs in the group of five. A difficult schedule for Norvell. Uh, let's. Uh, you you want to ask uh, David about about the Auburn game? See, see what well, yeah, I, I thought we get. To, uh, yeah, let's. I guess we can go ahead and talk about that because I want to get his thoughts on the 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 expansion of the playoffs. Oh, of course. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, Auburn is a prohibitive favorite over a Mercer team that put a lot of points up last week, but they just don't have the uh, the the numbers or the athleticism that Auburn should have. But we've seen it before. The last time Auburn played Mercer, it was a uh, ball game in the fourth quarter. And that's one thing with the questions about the offense, the quarterback, uh, the offensive line. They don't need to have one of those games to have the fan base, you know, grumbling and, and, uh, uh, and, and not having any confidence heading uh, into San Jose State and then, of course, Penn State. Yeah, yeah I was going to bring up the last time uh, Auburn and Mercer played, uh, I guess Auburn actually beat Georgia that year worse than they beat Mercer yes, in the regular right. season. Um, yeah, I, you know, Auburn's schedule, I'm not a fan of Auburn's schedule this year or last year. I, you know, and you can kind of take it one of two ways. Do you want to play the big game first like Georgia is with Oregon and then come back and play a Samford? Or do you want to do like Tennessee does, you know, play a ball state, get in a bunch of players, get some confidence, and then go play a big game at Pitt. I'm good with either one of them, whether you play strong and then weak or weak and then strong. I'm just not a fan of Auburn doing for a second straight year playing two teams they should beat up on. Because I, I just think it, it catches up with you down the road. So um, not a huge fan of, of Auburn's scheduling like that. And, yeah, I'm curious how, uh, you know, I think Auburn wins. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Auburn wins just this devastating 52 to nothing kind of game i think it may be along closer to the lines of you know maybe 31 13 or 38 14 kind of game yeah it's funny i mean we've talked to some folks that really really like the schedule because it it gives them uh they they, uh i guess it was uh justin ferguson yesterday jason caldwell have both said they feel like you start off and you get a little better each week at least it's not dropping back sort of like it did a year but, ago. But it is it is reminiscent of Florida State in that you're going to have one level of competition to start the year and it's going to go it's going to go way up pretty quickly. Yeah, but at least you go FB you go FCS to FBS to Power 5. You're you're at least slowly you're, you're you should be getting better competition each week. Dave, David, if you think Auburn's getting off easy the first 2 weeks, wait till you see the other 10 
Right. That's 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 where the you know that, that's the that's the trade off there is 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 who Auburn's that's got what to I'm play. Saying. Yeah. That's that's the point I'm making. I, I think you need another breather when you live in the SEC West, and that's that's why I think you, one of your first two games every year should be pretty decent. Um, you know that that's my whole point. I I just think you leave yourself in a mess with those last ten games because you you you've got one passy in there and nine studs. Well, they just better take care of the uh, the patsy that everybody's talking about tomorrow. Before we run out of time, though, David, we wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, no, it wasn't really a surprise uh, after the news came out earlier this week that the uh, uh, college football playoffs are going to be expanding. Um, I, I would be more surprised if it takes till 2026 for them to get to 12 now. I would, too. I mean, hey, you got money changing everything, and uh, I just – you know, if, if you lined everybody up in the country of who's for it and, and who's, who's, who doesn't like it, I, you know, I walk up and I'm like, where's the end of the line of people that can't stand this thing? I just, I've always liked college football because it was different from the NFL. Um, I've always thought it had a special charm, the charm of, of a backyard brawl like last night. I mean, the fact that that was the first time that matchup has taken place in 11 years is ridiculous. The fact that, the, you know, the best rivalry of my childhood, Oklahoma-Nebraska, you know, hasn't existed for years. I know they played uh, in the last couple of years just to, to bring the thing back for a millisecond, but um, I'm just not – I'm not a big playoff guy. I think uh, – I, I, I think four is too many. I, I like the BCS, and again, speak against an Auburn graduate. No, no team got shafted more than 2004 Auburn, and I realize that. Um, I just I think fours is is as big as it needs to get. Um, obviously, those days are over. I, I think it is an absolute shame that you're asking 18, 19 year olds to play 17 game seasons, and those teams that are seated five through 12 in this thing are going to play the potential of 17 game seasons if they play in conference championships. Or are we going to have conference championships where players sit out? because they know they're in the playoff. I mean, they're all sorts of, I mean, it's just kind of be one of those sit back and let's see what the unintended consequences are because uh, let's face it, the play, the semifinals of these playoffs have not been good, and now you're just going to have a bunch of blowouts in the quarterfinals now. Yeah, I, I think the hope, David, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, the hope that if you expand the playoff, maybe you'll also change – the trajectory as far as the the number of five star and, and highly rated four star players picking the same three or four schools that have been in the playoff uh, year year over year and and you wonder if you know maybe if you expand the number of teams in the playoff you also expand you know wh- where where the top talent in the sport may end up going um, you know I, I I agree I think there's a concern about watering it down I'm okay with twelve but we've talked about how they're I prefer eight. There probably is a number where it gets but, too big, and you, and you start to worry about not just the safety and the wear and tear, but also what you know are you are you taking away from the regular season at that point? Yeah, my favorite is the argument for six because I'm like you're telling. I mean, think of how many years two and three are really close. I mean, think about the the year we just talked about in 2017 when 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 the best semifinal of all time took place that double overtime Georgia Oklahoma right. Rose Bowl. I mean, it was a it was a razor thin difference. I couldn't have told you who was two or three, you know, in seeding, and, and you're you're making one team play another, and so you'll get that with the the fourth and fifth seed. I mean, the fourth team will get the bye, and the fifth seed. There may be no difference in the resumes of those two teams, and you're making one team play an entire extra game. So 
you know, we had Jim Donnan on today because I wasn't able to, you know, be on the show yesterday because I was up in Knoxville doing Collins. But, you know, it's I asked him, I said, look, when you were when you were coaching Marshall, I mean, you won a national championship, you finished runner up. Was it the best team or was it the healthiest team at the end of the year? And he's like, it's a combination for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's no question. Uh, Jim Donnan is not a popular figure around Auburn after his comments uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, you, you see what he said, David? He said he said Auburn was uh, the 13th most talented team in the oh. SEC. I, I I strongly disagree with that. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's because that's Bill really believes in Vandy. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That, that's not why. No, that's, that's not, not why he disagrees. You realize we live in a world right now where Tennessee's second in the country in scoring offense and behind only Vanderbilt. <laughs> that's what we were saying. Look, the, the, the all right, so the... Uh, the marks have been set. It's up to the next SEC team. All right, everybody, put up at least 50 and 500 yards. Exactly. You know, we were talking, <laughs> I mean, that's what I wrote about yesterday. Clark Lee saying, you know, we're going to be the best program in the country. When he said that at uh, media days, and I was like, well, he hadn't lost since, and he's winning by an average of 53. Yeah, he didn't say, you know, people didn't hear under his breath after one week. But, I mean, wait. <laughs> It is, it is what it is. Great stuff. David, really appreciate you spending a little time with us. Get a little rest uh, before you head down for the uh, Georgia-Oregon sure. game and uh, um, let everybody know how they can follow everything that you've got going. Yeah, timesfreepress.com for the newspaper stuff and ESPN Chattanooga for the radio stuff. You guys have a great Saturday night, and hopefully it's a, a rocking time on the plane. Oh, yeah. Happy Labor Day. We'll talk to you next week. That sounds like a winner. Take care, guys. David Pascal joining us as he does each week, normally on Thursdays. Appreciate him spending a little time with us here on this Friday. Absolutely. And if you missed any of David or anything else we've done all week long, check out the podcast, Podcast of the Drive, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Go to your favorite podcasting platform, search for The Drive with Bill Cameron, or go to RadioAlabama.net and find the podcast center at the ESPN 1067 tab. We need to get to our first break. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390. That's the IKEA of Auburn hotline. Come on in as we continue here from Skybar on the Friday Drive. You're live on the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. You know, I, I have always, uh, I have never shied away from the sun, as as unfortunately my skin cancers will tell you. But uh, but I, I have it. It's it's a lot different. I don't mind like being outside. If I'm moving around, if I'm doing something, sitting in the sun. I've if, in case people have walked by a couple of times and wondered, hey. He's not sitting where he was. That's right. I keep moving around a little bit to try to find shadows as the sun goes down. That's here. right. Not the shadow that calls our show. Oh no, no. Time. We have and we haven't heard from uh, that shadow in a long uh, time. Well, you know, one, one of our one of our favorites. Absolutely. All, all so we're we're downtown at Sky Bar Cafe. A lot, a full full slate of events going on all weekend here at Sky Bar. U.S. Band tonight. Uh, Ty Reynolds tomorrow. They'll also have every inch of this place open for football tonight oh, yeah. and tomorrow. You're, you're not going to want to miss. Uh, if you're not going to Jordan-Hare Stadium, nowhere better to watch the football game than right here at Skybar Cafe. Or if you are going to Jordan-Hare, 
And, and you come, can, you know, you come, come before, come before, during, after. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there are no limits. Also, want to thank Bud Light Next, one of our sponsors for these Friday shows, our Friday tailgate shows here at uh at downtown. Uh, Bud Light Next, Budweiser's zero carb beer. Uh, experience what's next in the uh, in in the world of beer. Uh, I'm looking forward to experience. That's, that's that. right. There are. Uh, because carbs uh, have been very important zero the last couple of years trying to watch the weight. Zero you know? in the way of possibilities is what Bud Light is saying. There is zero in the way of possibilities. Bud Light next. I know. I know. Three, three, four, three, two, one, thirteen. 2, 1, 13. I love grammar. Let's get back to the phone. And Matt <laughs> is up next. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Uh, can I give my – well, you guys probably have been talking about this playoff thing. You know, somebody on Twitter pointed out, for Auburn possibly to make it to the championship game, we would have to beat Georgia, Alabama, then Georgia again, then maybe Alabama, and then Georgia again to make it to the final championship game. Yeah, but it, and, and seeing that is why, if you want to think optimistically, that at least it wouldn't involve having to beat Georgia twice in three weeks like like Auburn was called on to do, or, or in, in, in a four-week period, I guess, the way it was uh, called on to try to do back in 2017. I guess, but beating them three times in one year, I don't know if that would be, anything could be, I mean, I guess the flip side is they would have to play us, too. Yeah. But still, um, you know, I think uh, I think it's a lot of games to play for college players. Uh, if you, The thing is, if um, if you play them in the conference championship game and win, then they've got to go through somebody else probably to get back to you. That's true. Uh, you know, I think uh, from my standpoint, I, I'm sure it'll be entertaining, but looking at it from this end, and no telling where we'll be in, in five years. Hopefully we'll be better than no, we are right. now. Uh, question I had, who's going to be our punt returner for tomorrow? Do you have any idea? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, I've, uh, Javarius Johnson will be the first yeah. guy. Keontae Scott is uh, number two on the uh, depth chart at punt return. And on kickoff, are we going to see Tank back there? Or is hopefully uh, kickoff didn't show Tank. The Kaufman? It, it was Don, Donovan Kaufman and Nehemiah Pritchett, I believe, yeah. were the first two. But they've got quite a few guys that have been working back there. Including new arrivals, Keontae Scott and Damari Olsen. That's right. We saw both of the uh, smaller receivers, right? Javarius uh, and, right. and, and Dawson. And Chick Dawson, yes. So I, I think any of those six would be more likely than Tank, personally. Although I in, think Tank could be back there yeah. in special situations. In, a big, in certain situations, yeah. say, game on the line, something like that. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to but see. That, but that might there. not be the every. That might not be the every right. uh, series approach on special teams. Right. I predict a, a big return somewhere tomorrow. Appreciate. It. Looking forward to it. Hey Matt, thanks for the call. I've, we, heard, uh, I've heard some people say, "Don't let Keontae Scott get the ball in his hands," because that is that is a guy who can make some make some plays. Wow, Donovan know? Kaufman's the same and way. Donovan Kaufman's I mean, the same way. Those are a couple of defenders that are uh, they they miss those offensive days. All right, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. A couple of segments left. Stick with us. As a matter of fact, join in 334-321-1390 as we head into the final half hour of the Friday Drive from Skybar Cafe.
Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Friday afternoon with Bill and Dan. And uh, we'd love for you to join in, 334-321-1390. Let me correct something that I just mentioned to Matt. Uh, I had the punt returners right. Actually, the kick returners for Auburn, kickoff returners, are listed as Jarquez Hunter and Nehemiah Pritchett. And I saw somebody today in their analysis of the game predicted Jarquez to go for 200 yards tomorrow. Do you think Do you think uh, Kaufman may be called upon for a larger role defensively? I think so. so. Little... That's, that may be it because, you know, a lot of times on kickoffs, that would be right after a defensive possession. If the other team yeah. scores, then, you know, you, you may have been on the field for a little bit. Uh, hopefully there are not a lot of situations there. Hopefully most of the kickoffs are just, you know, to start a half. Yeah, and, and you'd love to see Jarquez Hunter start the season off strong after – you know the way the way the last half of the season or so didn't really go his mm-hmm. way a year ago. So yeah, I think that would be a, that, that's a fair prediction, especially if Auburn can can get the lead to a point where they feel comfortable pulling Tank Bigsby off the field and exploring what else they've got at running back. And you wonder how how often against the against the best teams on Auburn's schedule, how often will the plan be? Yes, you want to establish Tank Bigsby. There is there there is talent at running back. That, that maybe needs to see the field as well. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. But Tank's got to be—he's got to be the man first. I mean, um, you, you don't—you don't want—you don't want to limit Tank if you really need the him. best. The best version of this offense is probably going to be the version with Tank Bigsby on the field. Yeah, like yeah. in like in 2017, when to say nothing of the other options, but in 2017 there was a deke there there was a there was a drop off when on Johnson was pulled off that field. Mm-hmm. And to say nothing of, of the effort of the other guys or the available, but. But you, you could tell, and Auburn's got. I think Auburn's better. I think Auburn's in better shape right now in that situation, though. Yes, absolutely. In case I'm really of- looking forward to seeing Damari Austin tomorrow. But I mean, I'm intrigued by some of the things that I've heard just over the last week or so about Jarquez. And then you you pointed out that you know he was held out last Saturday when the uh, the proven guys were sort of held out. Yeah, I mean, on the open practice a week ago, uh-huh. it did seem like they were taking a look at. Uh, newer arrivals or players that were in competition to be a backup or be be the, the the third stringer things like that and it did seem like they wanted to look more at Damari and Sean Jackson which indicates yeah they feel pretty good about what they got with Tank right. Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter going into this season three three four three two one thirteen ninety back to the phone we go and Spectre is up next hey Spectre hey guys um, got a quick question I haven't heard anything about it. Listen to you guys over the past couple of days. Our field goal unit, have we still got our long snapper and play, hope, um, yeah, hold the ball? Got, got you, well, you still have Jacob Quattlebaum uh, Jacob was the snapper last year, and he's back. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, they, they've got a guy who, um, behind him as a walk-on, who was you know, an All-American snapper. I think they. I think that Brian Harson feels very, very comfortable with the kicking game. Uh, feels like in, in Anders Carlson and then uh, Alex McPherson, the true freshman, who 
He may kick off tomorrow. It'll be interesting to watch there. But in those guys and then in Oscar Chapman, I'm trying to remember who the holder is. Um, the holder, the holder's Oscar. Yeah, so you've got, you have everybody who was involved in place kicking last year is back. And they've got another year in, you know, another year in. And Oscar, I thought, really improved last year over his first year. Um, I, I think that Auburn's going to have one of the better kicking games anywhere. Great. That's great to hear. Um, did um, the Tank, uh, he's back 100%, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Any other injuries before we start tomorrow? I'm trying to think of anybody who is uh, um, who may be questionable. Dan, can do you know of anybody that? I mean, obviously, you know, we knew Nick had been a concern, and he's out. Right? Zacchaeus Walker has had his knee scoped. He will be out for the uh, for the game tomorrow. I don't know of anybody else that's uh, that that really has has been limited here. I think Auburn goes into the season pretty healthy, other than Zacchaeus Walker, and then then obviously the loss of, of Nick Brahms. Well, that scope knee, is that a meniscus or what? I believe so. It's something where, they you know, he, he could be back in in, uh, in a short period of time, just in, in a matter of a couple right. of weeks Yeah, or they, so. they, they didn't go into too many details about what, what exactly they did with Jar, uh, with, with Zykevius' knee. But, yeah, they, they said it was a scope, and it's not something that should take him out for the entire mm-hmm. season. But he, but he might okay. miss this week and, and maybe next week, too. That's good, good. Well, Dan, are you going to be back this year with after the game? So- so Spectre, I, there there will be some incarnation of after the game this year. I um, my October and November schedules make it to where I'm just not going to be available on game days to do after the game, and I didn't want to pull the rug out from anybody and 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 uh, and promise to do it and then dip out after uh, you know after after the the LSU game or something in October. So Auburn Network is putting together something, uh, and and I, I encourage folks to check it out. Uh, when, when after the game is uh, is, yeah. is on the oh, air, it's, it's great to have the opportunity to express uh, your feelings after yeah, a game. I, I've I've had a great time doing it these last couple of years. We couldn't have done it without Sky Bar. Couldn't have done it without Drew Forehand in the studio and and Auburn Network helping put us on the air. But but no, I'm uh I am I am passing the torch, Specter. And the good news is, you know, it's it's a bummer because I'm going to miss the show a lot. Uh, but I I will get to go to these games now. And and I think maybe my I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think maybe my analysis the rest of the week. <laughs> Could improve because I'm actually going to be at Jordan Air Stadium, uh, you know, taking in some of this with my own two eyes. Yeah. Well, whatever happened to Noah Gardner? Noah is teaching. That's right. And as a matter of fact, he was on uh, on the line, and he started up a um, a newsletter about high school East Alabama high school Wonderful. athletics. Okay, I noticed he wasn't on the line anymore when I got back. Now he's he's got an opportunity to get into teaching, and I think he's going to be able to coach a little bit. So uh, that that's uh, you know just a, a dream of his. So you know we we wish him the best doing that. All right, guys. Well, good luck tomorrow in War Eagle. All right, Specter. Appreciate the call. Yeah, talk to us after the game, Specter. I mean Monday, and uh, and tell us we will be on Monday. That's, that's something right. to let people know that uh, you know the drive is is. Uh, I've, I've, I can never remember since I've been doing sports talk. There's no such thing as a Labor Day off because it's always the first big weekend of college football. Yeah, I mean, there's you, no way you can not be there to talk about it and have people be able to talk with you. Well, I mean, I guess about the the first weekend in college. Football. I guess there's some way. I mean, it's, you know, not, yeah, but I mean, even you know, we did it. We did it. COVID. We did it. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, no, we're, we're yeah. In, in many ways, we are the Cal Ripkins. Of, of this uh, of, of this particular 
of, of this particular uh, air shift. Yeah, I mean, it, it would it would just feel not it wouldn't feel fair. I mean, you got a Monday night game. You know, obviously we'll 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 preview that one as well. But I mean, it's it's great. There are games tonight. We talked about that. A lot of games tomorrow, and then Sunday you've got Florida State LSU. In if we were doing if we were back in the Pickham days, Bill. And and you know I the, the scores the scores. Oh, never, you did well. Did, 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 are you not in Brian? Are you not no, in the? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean when we took the final score. Call. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when we used to do the what, pick. We'll get into that in a little bit. Right. I want to get into what your pick was. Here's and my then, here's then my we thing. Can talk about mine. If we had been doing you know what we used to do, what would have been the tiebreaker? Like what would have been like what are some of the things? Because we used to make the tiebreaker something involving stuff. the quarterback. Something I, yeah, I something that like. we used to you know what what's going to be a stat that there's going to be a keen interest in. When this game is over, and you know, I had it, I had somebody go, "Yeah, you guys ought to do a pick 'em with the with the tiebreaker, the highest quarterback rating." Well, yeah, well, if, if somebody comes in and goes one for one, then then he's going to have a higher quarterback rating TJ, than somebody who plays the entire game. T.J. Finley first Completion, half. I want T.J. Finley first half passing yards. I I would think what everybody is concerned with is the completion percentage. I want to know the complete, you know, because people are, are just freaking out over the, he was a 54.7% passer as a starter last year. And and I do wonder if that number could go up if if for any other reason, because we've seen in in our limited glimpses of the team th- this offseason, it does feel like there's been an added emphasis on, I'm going to start calling him the fly sweep because that's that's what a, a coach oh, that counts mine, as a pass. That, that's a completed pass, the, 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 the hot potato pass. Off the wide receiver sweep, we've seen them. Yeah, work. I call it, it. It's like the Utah, the Whoopi, the whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are I, all kinds of things. I've, I've heard it's I've, the Jets. It's the forward. It's the forward. Forward pass. Forward handoff on the jet sweep. Yeah, apparently fly pass is is how NFL circles call that. That's that's the because the receivers like catching the pass while the receivers right. in motion. Because if he drops it, it's an incomplete pass. Right. You don't have to worry about it being a fumble. Which, which is why it's preferable to the to the traditional right. jet sweep in the eyes of some. Um, yeah, where you turn and hand it behind you, and if I, there's a if there's a mishandle on the exchange, it's a fumble. And with and with some of Auburn's talent at receiver, you could see how you know you make you make a play oh, yeah. on you, you make a play on that with. And, Bar, and that's Dawson, where or that, that's where uh, Dawson, I think, is going to play a big factor. I think uh, I think you'll see a lot of him doing a lot of what you used to see Ontario McCaleb do, in addition to being so. a slot receiver. I think so. I, th- I think that there could be an opportunity for him, or they could be trying to put him in situations where it's a, a relatively short catch, and then a, a, mm-hmm. an opportunity to make. We'll a big try play. to get him isolated, get him in space, and um, I would think. They've also, I mean, we've also seen him working on the crossing routes, which is something you didn't see as oh, much yeah. last year. Well, and I think I think DJ Finley, if, if you remember his yep. game against South Carolina, he killed them with the quick slants and the crosses and things like that. T, that's TJ's. That, that that's his bread and butter. Especially, I think South Carolina that night. Well, when uh, you're six foot seven, it's easier to see over the middle too. Well, and it's and it's understandable that Will Muschamp would think. New quarterback making his first start. Well, Muschamp was coaching South Carolina mm-hmm. back in 2020. It's understandable that he would think, attack the run. They're going to hand it off, send everybody, and and lead, you know, and and, force. and they came at him from the outside, and, that, and he next. just he just uh, hit over the middle. Our, our uh, and and that's why the uh, yeah TJ's um uh yeah he was 17 for 21 he was 17 that day 17 for 21 and for, for an 260 Auburn, something yards for an Auburn team that really wants to run the football maybe TJ can back off defenses mm-hmm. that are keying in on the run. Like, like he was able to do uh, in in that in that first career start. Something uh, something else that uh, I, I've 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 heard to keep an eye on. You're right. That it looks like uh, it looks like champagne. Uh, is 
uh, is Marquise Robinson. He's a guy, apparently, that has had a strong last couple of weeks. I know he's not listed on the depth chart, but I think you're going to see number 48 out there a few times for Auburn defensively. See, I wonder about Craig McDonald if, against a team that's trying to run the ball this much, if, mm-hmm. if Craig McDonald might be called upon where, you know, maybe they would have liked to ease him in. If you remember, Bidarius Knighton didn't play a ton in the first two games of the season because they were working him in. Uh, and, and this, you know, might be a similar deal with Craig McDonald. But Mercer, team's going to try to run the football. You'd imagine a big hitting safety, the, the guy who was brought in to replace Smoke Monday on the defense, you would think he would be called upon to, to, to play a role against against a team like Mercer. Yeah, and, that, and that's probably the most uh, interesting thing about the depth chart that Auburn released on Monday is it only listed four defensive backs. Uh, I wonder, are they actually going to play that three, that uh, three four or five two? How it's listed well, a, a with three, four defensive yeah. backs, or are they going to go with a nickel, which they don't even show on the depth chart? A three four with with. Derek a, Hall and Eku Liotta listed as linebackers. Yeah, well, well, Derek listed as an edge and Eku listed as a stud. But it's a it's a three you know, four. It'd, it'd be great if you're listed as the number one stud on the team, wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I I didn't realize. I thought maybe they should take a vote or something. I didn't realize it was something. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they I don't did. know. Maybe it's like team captain. Yeah. I mean, I I, I call him Young Rock, but I guess yeah, Eku number Liotta's, one stud. Yeah, yeah, the number one stud. Is All right. the, uh, is, Let, is let's the right get a call in before our final break of the afternoon, and Keith. Is up next. Hey Keith. Hey, uh, yeah, the um, ex Georgia coach. Uh, that, that's the first time I'd heard about him saying uh, that we were the thirteenth best or uh, most talented team. But uh, you know, these guys get me with all these statements. I know they got to come out and say something. But you know, I've, I've heard uh, Reese Davis make a couple of statements that were pretty bold. Uh, you know, and I just don't see any facts and all that. But uh, I do feel better. I mean, I feel good about the team. I, I felt good about last year's team, but uh, you know, with well, heck, last year's team, you know, was six and two until you know the the crazy. I mean, that that Mississippi State game just ruined everything. I mean, because they were dominating so much, and when you lose that. It's it's hard to get over something like that. And, and even the A and M game before was close going into the fourth quarter. And the season is probably a, a considerably different season if Auburn is able to exit the A and M game with with the yeah. momentum of uh, with, with the momentum of a victory. Yeah, I, I watched uh, some of the uh, Georgia podcast, and you know they were critiquing uh, Bo Nix, you know, getting ready for this game and. And those guys said, you know, Auburn, Auburn couldn't catch a cold in this game. <laughs> I mean, they, how many uh, balls were missed? And, you know, I think he hit Shanker uh, in the corner of the end zone, and it, he missed that one. But, you know, it. Uh, they uh, – I just hope these guys don't know what they're talking about. And, and, you know, as far as the new AD coming in and all that, I hope it, you know, that doesn't mean anything as far as the coaching. Let the coaches and the players and the – the team do what they're going to do, and and you know if they do good, we need. We were, you know. we were two of many folks a year ago thinking Tennessee was a long way away. Yeah, and underestimating right. what Josh Heupel was capable of and what that roster was capable of. And a year later, it's hard to imagine what people were saying about Tennessee because they look like a totally different program. Mm-hmm. Win a couple of games. Uh, outperform expectations on offense. It's amazing how quickly a lot of this stuff can go away. That's right. And as far as our center, you know, I'll take uh, 295 pound ex champion wrestler over uh, 
315-pound guy that can't move that good. Uh, you know, you, you got a center that can, is quick. It means a lot. Uh, you know, he uh, a guard uh, as far as a quick guard pulling or, or center getting out on a linebacker. It means a lot. I mean, it, it may he may be better uh, at 295. You know, I mean, it's just according how how they use them, and you know, we're, uh, it, it it can be a good thing. And maybe, and we appreciate the phone call. And and maybe. I mean, look to say, look, Nick Brahms deserves all the credit. Oh, ab- in the world absolutely, he does for, for, for the Auburn career he put in there. But I wonder if even last year his performance was impacted by the injuries oh, sure. that he'd suffered Had over the be. course of his career, and having someone who, I mean, yes, there's a downside to starting an offensive lineman who who has a who has zero career starts before. He also doesn't have the wear and tear of 30 or 35 or 40 career starts in the SEC, which can impact your performance over time, as Nick Brahms will be the first one to tell you. And and as is the case with T.J. Finley, there there has been no doubt when you when we've looked out there throughout the fall, the number one guy has been Tate Johnson. If there was a concern about him, I think we would have seen more of Brandon Council working at center, more of some other guys working there, but Tate has been there every day since that very first day. I had somebody tell me something about Brandon Council, speaking of which, the notion that he um, he did start a couple of games at Akron at center. Right. It was in an emergency, emergency. situation. Right. I believe they only had five scholarship offensive linemen available for one of the games that Brandon Council started. I also don't know if it went all that well. Seems like he's maybe more comfortable mm-hmm. at guard or tackle, especially guard. And, I mean, we see him going into the season this year listed as one of Auburn's uh, starters at, at the uh, – you know, that, that Council and Troxel side of the O-line is going to need – they're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to need to be able to run the ball behind those two guys. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join in as we wind it down from Skybar here on the Friday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Final segment of The Drive here on this Friday, and a fun time here at Sky Bar. And it won't be the last time, at least they, uh, at least... You know, until they say that's it, you can't come back. But I mean, I don't think we've been too bad today. No, I think we've yeah we we haven't made too much of a ruckus in the uh, you know all things considered here at Sky Bar. Again, a lot going on. U.S. Band tonight. Uh, they're they're going to have uh, Ty Reynolds tomorrow. They're open Sunday night with Labor Day on Monday mm-hmm. karaoke and the and DJ Ben Brood. And if you're looking for somewhere to watch the game tomorrow. They'll have Auburn and Mercer on all the big screens here at Sky Bar Cafe. Yeah, and 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 uh, let folks know. I mean, tomorrow now, be prepared to uh, to stream the game tomorrow. It's just uh, ESPN Plus tomorrow. ESPN Plus, which you can get through the ESPN app, right? Uh, Four ninety nine a month, I believe, is still the service. The uh, the cost is behind a paywall, uh, but you can stream it through the ESPN app. Uh, however, you have uh, however you would use the ESPN app on any device. Uh, including your phone, your TV, and, and whatever device you'd use to stream media on your television. See, it's just like we were talking about the schedule. We go from ESPN Plus to ESPNU, then we move up to the Penn State. See, it's it's we're moving up platforms every week. That's right, like a band, right? Like picking up yeah. steam. You go from playing the small venue, yeah. then you play in the slightly bigger venue, then you're on the main stage at the you know Madison Square Garden or something. Auburn going to go from ESPN Plus 
to ESPNU to CBS right. in week three, the uh, Penn State game at 2.30. Bill, what's your prediction for tomorrow? All right, my prediction, I'll stick with the one that I gave for uh, for rivals, and I went uh, 45 to 16. And that is actually pretty similar to uh, to my prediction. I went 44-7 uh in uh, in auburn and mercer I, I just didn't have the heart to to to, to have it uh, you know a, a completely you know a, i could i, could I don't see, think it's gonna be a shutout no i don't either i mean i could see mercer with their offense uh, especially if auburn gets out to a lead and wants to get some guys experience you know breaking a play or so would love to see tj finley orchestrate a oh, big i'd love to see it love, love to see him have a very efficient uh you know game hopefully take care of business and uh be able to uh take a comfortable seat feeling good about himself, say, mid-third quarter. Again, our thanks to uh, to the folks here at Sky Bar having us out. Bud Light next. That is absolutely.